Well, welcome back. We're all in this together. You're only as strong as the weakest link, our new normal. These are the statements we're all familiar with because we've heard a lot, heard them a lot, especially over the past year and a half. While this pandemic may have isolated us, it's never been more clear that our individual choices impact those around us. So today we're going to talk about changing behaviors for the greater good. I'm Melissa Burns, and this is Let's Be Great One Five, a YMCA Rock River Valley podcast dedicated to all things healthy living. And I'm Gina Carvelis. We love tapping into experts to get new ideas and perspectives. Uh, we have Camille Rodriguez with us today. Uh, she recently moved to Boulder County, Colorado to serve as the executive director of the Boulder County Health Department, but her roots are in the Midwest. Uh, most recently, she served as the county administrator for McLean County, Illinois, and as administrator of the McLean County Health Department. From 2012 to 2018, she served Wisconsin state government in leadership roles in public health and in the division of long-term care. She also served the state of Illinois government for a decade in its Department of Children and Family Services, Division of Child Protection, and in its Office of the Executive Inspector General in both (laughs) agencies as an investigator. Camille holds a bachelor's degree in anthropology and a master of health administration and a master of jurisprudence in health law. Wow. That's a lot, Camille. (laughs) We're so happy to have you here. When I said expert, I meant it. I am so happy to be here too, Gina and Melissa. Thank you so much um, for having me here today. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm going to add just one quick little footnote. We we met Camille, uh, her daughter, Maya, works for the Y. So it's just nice when we make those connections. Uh, the Y is all about community. And this is definitely an example of, you know, when talking to Maya, like, oh, your mom does what? Oh, we would love to have her on our podcast. So we're, we're super awesome. excited. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, Camille, can you tell us a little bit about your role and maybe just start off with explaining what public health is? Right. I'd be so happy to explain what public health is. <laughs> and I think I, um, my, my daughter Maya has heard me say everything is public health, um, all of her life probably. Um, but, but when I do a quick elevator speech for people who don't really know much about public health, I say things like, you know, every time you brush your teeth and there's fluoride in your water, that's public health. Um, Every time you sit on an airplane now, um, I'm old enough to remember when airplanes still allowed smoking, but when when you go to a restaurant and eat or when you fly on a plane and no one is smoking, that's that's Mm -hmm. part and parcel all about public health. Um, When you um, talk about nutrition in schools, um, that's part and parcel public health. Um, And even back to the restaurant idea, when you sit down at a restaurant, eat the food and then don't get sick, public (laughs) health had a hand in that too. So we, we definitely are in lots of places and spaces. And we like to say it's where you live and where you work and where you play. Those are the influences um, that public health can have on your life in all of those places and spaces. So that that's my elevator speech about public health. It might that's have been great. a great elevator. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that's great. That's, yeah. And then you so want to know, oh, go yeah, ahead. I was I'm gonna say, so yeah, so what would be, you know, so with all that said, what would you, what are some main components of your role right now? 
Well, as an executive director of a local health department, I, I definitely have first and foremost a role to serve and support the Board of Health. They are the governing body of a local health department in most jurisdictions. It, it will be different in different states, but for the most part, that's the formula. But above mm -hmm. and beyond that, it is my connection with staff to effectuate the programs that you know, generally are required of us to do and, and, and are, are part of our relationship with the state. So a lot of times in local public health departments, the state gets money and they funnel it to the locals so that we can do work. If you've heard of the mm -hmm. Women, Infants and Children's Program called WIC, mm -hmm. um, most local health departments across the nation effectuate um, the, the goals and objectives of WIC and that's funded by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Did you know that? Mm. And, wow. and so um, it, it is definitely something that, you know, we have a connection with farmers that people don't really know about yeah. uh, because they're driving sort of the, the nutrition and developmental stages uh, of what should be the best for children and families um, through the WIC program. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so there's, there's a whole host of other programs, including environmental health. Um, most local public health departments also have a clinic where we deal with the tracking of um, sexually transmitted infections, including HIV and other mm -hmm. communicable diseases like tuberculosis. And in the um, earlier days of public health, like in the early 1900s, there were even statutes in a lot of local governments that drove what we did with tuberculosis treatment and tracking. And there were even sort of buildings built to treat um, tuberculosis patients. And mm -hmm. that still remains to a point in certain um, local health departments where we have a, a tuberculosis board, or some departments just deal with it in their clinical um, work. So there's just hmm. a compendium of, of work done in a local health department. I'm not going to talk a ton about this, but as you can probably imagine, during a pandemic, yeah. Um, yeah. Some of our work has been shifted to, to respond and, mm -hmm. and to pr protect and promote health relative to COVID-19 in the community too. But, but yeah. my role is to be um, you know, a manager of people, um, a relationship guru with the state and mm -hmm. also with other local health departments in the region that I work and, and ultimately to be able to explain the programs and, and keep all of the, um, the good work done in the community moving forward so that the community stays healthy. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. What would you say, um, you know, that your community is doing to change the narrative around why public health orders are in place right yeah, that's, now? That's a really good, good question. I think um, public health orders are, um, some local health departments are able to put those in place. Some others follow what the state puts in place. So whoever's listening mm. to this, it's gonna be different a little bit, almost where you live. Mm. I did hear that um, Governor Pritzker put in place a masking order recently in Illinois. Mm -hmm. The governor of Colorado hasn't done that yet. Um, so it's really up to local health departments who want to address the spread of uh, COVID-19 to do what they need to do. And when I recommend to the Board of Health that I support to put in place a public health 
order. It really means that I've had a, a team of epidemiologists look at the data and say to me, you know what, if we don't intervene, our community is not going to get healthy or we're not going to maintain the health of those that have received the vaccine for COVID-19. And so real briefly, I recommended and, and our uh, Board of Health in Boulder County, Colorado did put in place two masking orders, one for children ages two through grade 12 and for okay. any staff and volunteers and visitors to a school building that is in place. And then um, once we got that one um, in order, we recommended and it was approved a universal indoor masking order for Boulder County um, in public spaces. Now, mm -hmm. we, we wanted to be innovative on this one because we understand that local businesses and, and fitness centers like yourselves are, are wanting customers, right? And wanting people to do the things that they like to do and to be healthy like exercise. So right. um, we, we created an innovative program inside that public health order. And it includes that um, businesses can apply to be a fully vaccinated facility and then don't have to wear their masks if they have a program and policy in place that um, supports that their customers and their yeah. staff are at least 95% vaccinated. So okay. um, we even extended that to, let's say um, a bride and groom have a wedding planned at a, at a mm -hmm. venue. Um, mm -hmm. they, could be they could apply to our health department staff to become a fully vaccinated wedding um, so that they're- Funny you just brought that up. I just had to test to go to a wedding. <laughs> Did you? And, yeah, and so I can relate. Right. And, and so it does, it does, you know, not everything is perfect. We, we obviously as a nation don't have our uh, children under the age of 12 vaccinated because that hasn't been approved just yet. So, you know, for businesses, it is a challenge and for yeah. even an event like weddings, mm -hmm. it can be a challenge. But we believe um, if we put those kinds of public health orders in place, we are all rowing in the same direction to build the behaviors needed to mm -hmm. adjust to something that we as public health officials and staff feel that will never really um, be rid of COVID, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've eradicated polio, but there was just, you know, extreme effort taken to, to do that on a worldwide basis, right? And I think that COVID is a worldwide issue and we as public health really feel like let's change our behaviors. Let's take that initial uh, step as, as an individual to all row in the same direction as a community. And maybe someday in Boulder <laughs> County and beyond, there won't need to be an order in place because as soon as we start to creep up in, in case numbers, you'll just want to put your mask on when you go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. I won't mm -hmm. have to, or the board won't have to order it. And that's kind of the behavior changes we're trying to build. So I hope yeah, that gotcha. helps in what you were looking for. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. And I think it really does, just like you said, I think when this all started 18 months ago, we weren't thinking of behavior change. We were just thinking of, is this going to be over in a month or two? I hope so. And, and now that more time has gone on and we, and we all realize, or most of us, I think, realize and accept that, you know, this is going to be with us and we do have to change things and we have to change. And I love what they're doing with the businesses and, and you know, even for weddings and things, because I, I think 
we're finally to a place where we realize that, yeah, you know, this, this is with us and we have to adapt and change and change our behavior so that we manage it and we can get back to living our lives as close to normal as we, as we were, you know, 18 months ago. So, so very interesting to hear what they're doing and and just really progressive thinking. Um, The why, you know, is very community focused that that is, that is our cause community. So, you know, I've sat on, um, I worked at another why and I sat on a community forum where they shared all of the statistics about the health of that community. And some of them were staggering. I mean, just, just you know, so eye-opening and almost unbelievable. One in particular stood out to me was um, the life expectancy for African-American men in that community was so short. I, I, I couldn't believe it. And um, it was just, I don't know, I, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but I want to, I want you to explain to me and to our listeners why we need to care about these things, about these numbers in our communities. Um, For instance, we have a a childhood obesity problem here in the Rockford area, one that the Y has tried to address and we're going to continue to address. Why should we be concerned about that? What does that mean to us as a community as a whole? And, And can we really do things to change that statistic? Such good questions, such amazing observations. And so what I'll say is you definitely all have to understand where the strengths and weaknesses exist within a community. We're all different, even though we're all in this together, right? And so one thing about public health is we're constantly looking at the data relative to the people and and the environment and how that does affect health. And so we do need to care, and we especially need to care about the people that experience disparities. Um, I don't have it up in front of me, but I've done a presentation on the lifespan between Um, uh, the differences, I should say, in the lifespan between a white male and an African-American male just in the United States of America. And even in all of the work that public health has done, in all of the work that perhaps health programs and insurance programs have done to to reduce the um, inaccessibility to healthcare, over the last, I think, 40 years, that gap has only reduced by maybe five years. It's incredible Mm -hmm. to know that still here and now we have these kinds of disparities. And we need to care. Um, And I love your question about why should we worry about this? Why should we need to know? Well, it impacts all of us when we think about our healthcare system systems, um, the cost of healthcare and the accessibility to healthcare of very preventable um, situations. Diabetes is one really good example. Mm-hmm. Public health is trying to think of innovative ways to use technology like iPhones um, and other digital means to help track um, the blood sugar and glucose levels of a patient so that they don't constantly have to come into a clinic to get their treatment. Um, the cost of insulin is a whole nother situation and how public health um, really brings to light sort of these community health issues. Even if you and I don't have diabetes, it matters because it will eventually impact our ability to access healthcare or the cost of our own healthcare. So it has an impact on systems. Um, I think that you know, chronic health conditions is one of the best examples of why we all need to row in the same direction. And even those data points of how long our lives are and Mm -hmm. um, 
and how all of us caring about the small and large things about our health and how public health can have an influence on that is certainly all a part of us being in this together and rowing in the same direction. Yeah, no, that's, it's important. I think just coming out of this pandemic in general is going to be interesting to see the impact on all of us, on all of us, you know, as uh, individuals, you know, we do want to change and, and become healthier and um, but then you hear all these statistics, like Gina was just saying, <laughs> and, and uh, it's scary. It really is, it is scary. So it really is it's scary times, definitely. It's scary yeah. times. I think another quick example I can give of how public health addresses the community um, concerns. Mm -hmm. So a lot of public health um, programs, in addition to having WIC, are starting to have universal home visiting programs. And mm -hmm. we just got a grant in, in Boulder County um, this week. Um, to start a planning process to implement what is called universal home visiting. And that means, dis in, in spite of any disparity, because usually home visiting programs for new mothers um, mm -hmm. really focus on people who are experiencing disparities, maybe have lower income and less accessibility to care um, in, in the hospital. And then once they leave and, and even skipping their postpartum care, which is so absolutely important for the health mm -hmm. of the mother and the baby. Sure. Um, with that said, Universal Home Visiting um, is going to offer um, home visiting services to every newborn in Boulder wow. County. Mm -hmm. That's wow. amazing. That's amazing. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but the point of, of, of home visiting in general to a new mother is that um, we can catch things early. We can refer a family early. And that puts less burden on the healthcare system, provides more support to a family and a child. Because when we think about the long-term impacts of missing a developmental milestone problem, missing a health issue, that can mm -hmm. have impacts for that, that child as they grow and go to school and then needing special education services. I think the entirety of the vision of universal home visiting or just home visiting programs in general, even if they're targeted, really have a public health impact on the greater community. It helps make our whole community healthier. Mm -hmm. It makes a mom feel supported, makes dad feel supported too. Um, the whole entire family can benefit, but so can the community. So that's another example of, of how I can share with you that public health in action um, might be quiet. Uh, we might be a little bit subtle sometimes, but certainly behind the scenes, we're proud to, to work on these types of um, uh, issues in, in our, in our communities and beyond. Okay. Well, that's great. Thank you. That, that, that is great. Yeah. So it's, it's so much, it's a lot to think about. And of course, obviously it, it's even more to think about because we're dealing with this pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. So in kind of, I don't want to say wrapping it up, but, I, but give us what's our call to action today. If there was one thing you could encourage people to do it. And, and obviously we're in different communities and I understand that it is different community to community, but just to, to help the greater good, what would your recommendation be? That's that's kind of a loaded question, but. <laughs> I wish, oh yes, Gina, I wish I had one thing to say. And in your intro about me, you know, I do have Midwest roots and I worked and lived in Illinois for a long, long time. So I yeah. certainly feel the connection and, and know that, um, I love 
the people of Illinois and their passion for public health. Uh, I think that what communities can do, each as individuals, or maybe if you're a part of a, a group or even at your child's school or through your um, religious um, services, whatever your passion might be, find the public health sort of thing that you can do to forward a great message or to get on a committee or to do something awesome. I have an example that I could share with you. Yeah, from, um, sure. yeah. so, so in um, Boulder County, there is a city called Longmont and um, there, there were folks there that decided also that childhood obesity is a problem in Colorado. And that's interesting because Colorado is one of the healthiest states for adults, for physical fitness. The outdoors is amazing here. And so there are not problems with obesity in adults, but in children, there is. And families mm -hmm. in Longmont decided, you know what? We're busy. We go out to eat a lot. We don't cook at home as much anymore. And what we've noticed is our kids get sodas or sugary drinks in their um, dinners from these restaurants. And what can we do to change that? Because there is a ton of data that I won't cite here about how much just one sugary beverage a day can change your health for the worse, right? Mm -hmm. So I will fast forward. Um, multiple entities, including young people who did a social media campaign and forwarded the messages in their respective schools, public health um, policy workers, and then connections with the local city council in Longmont turned this into just last Tuesday night. I spoke in support of it, of course, but the, the Longmont city council passed a healthy drinks in um, meals ordinance and oh, so now nice. so now all restaurants in Longmont have to have a healthy drink choice in kids meals and really um you know some parents expressed concern hey you're taking away our choice for our kids and honestly mm -hmm. we reframed it and said oh no we're giving you more choices to be mm -hmm. healthy and then what we hope by all of the efforts in the background is that in the long run maybe in a year or two or five we will be able to look back at the data of the children who live um in longmont and see some changes in those um those rates of obesity in children. So what mm -hmm. I will say is you can start by looking at your local community health needs assessment and improvement plan results, and you can click on some buttons to your local health departments and see their community health improvement plan. Um, all health departments have to do those. Some mm -hmm. do them with local hospitals and others don't, but you should go to those websites. That would be the advice I'd give and find a topic that you feel passionate about or comfort in tackling and do it. Um, you know, go to go to um, more fruits and vegetables in, in your meal choices if it's more of an individual work for you. But mm -hmm. find a way to live public health every day. Um, mm -hmm. Small and large um, movements definitely make the bigger change so that we're all rowing in the same direction. So I wish yeah. that was very one good example. Clip, <laughs> but, but I think there's resources out there in every community. Go there. Go to your local health department. Um, I'm not familiar <laughs> with the local health department administrator in your county so um shout out to them i'm i'm sure they're working <laughs> hard on covid but yeah. all of the other work continues and find a right. way to support the small and large ways that we can all be healthy 
Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and I think the why does that, you know, we, we're trying so hard. I mean, that's our work here. And, and it's also part of what Maya's doing here, um, working mm-hmm. in our evidence-based health initiative program. So things like diabetes prevention and our Live yeah. Strong program for cancer patients and um, healthy weight in your child or healthy kids and healthy families, something um, where, we, where we are tackling those, those issues or doing the best we can. But it does, it does take uh, everyone or as many people as we can get on board to really want to to uh, get things in a better perspective, you know, health-wise for the community. So, so yeah, so yeah. interesting to get your insight on everything and learn from you. We we appreciate your time and, and explaining things to us and and just yeah. being here with us Thank today. You. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we so really much. appreciate it. I, I appreciate you and all the work that YMCA's nationwide do and and locally as well. I'm so impressed. Um, the listeners probably ascertained that, you know, I know someone that works for you. And I, I just hear so many great things about what you're doing. I think we all can learn from from your values and your vision. And if public health can have a little space in that, even if it's from me, someone who's now living in Boulder, I'd love to continue to share when you need um, need uh, some, some information. I'll just continue to send you some of our successes and even our challenges. And then I have your contact information because um, we're going to continue on the path of doing the things that address COVID-19, but also all the other work that we do. And I wanted to share that that awesome work that so many people did about the healthy drinks in in restaurant um, options for that one particular city in our county. But it's going to spread. I think um, more and more people are going to do it. And it's going to have a positive impact on the lives of children and families. For sure. And I love how, you know, you got some pushback on that. And they said that you were, you know, that you were limiting their choices or not giving them choices. And you said, no, 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 we're giving you more. I love how you you flip the dialogue to let them know that you still have choices. In fact, you have even more and and now you can make healthier ones. So that's awesome. And if I can give one more message just to anyone who's listening, whether you're in Illinois or in Colorado or anywhere in the nation or the world, please, um, you know, read the science and get your vaccine if you're able to and wear your mask, even when you feel like you don't need to, because um, the science has evolved throughout this pandemic. And it's the small layered mitigation steps. Um, Washing your hands is also included in that. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Just do those little small things to help keep us all healthy. And we'll find a way where um, we have this under control. We may never get rid of it, but it it will be more under control. So that would be my other public health message to your audience. Love that. Thanks, Camille. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap for today. And thanks so much to our listeners for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. So have a great day, everyone.